Hi, I'm Alicia Wood, and you're laughing with us, I hope, on the Northwest Convergence Zone, where all things come together. Uh, hi, this is Jeremy Whitman, and you're listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone, where all things come together. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. <laughs> everybody welcome back to the northwest convergence zone show our 420 edition 420 is coming up joe that's right (laughs) are you ready oh man you know there was a day when i really lived for this but no more (laughs) i let it slide on by like a sweet leaf you know random drug testing yeah that's yeah those are the two words that are not friendly to me but uh it's good to be here everybody thanks for tuning in Uh, that'd be three words (laughs) uh random yeah you're right hey maybe i'm still uh freedom 35 that's all i'm saying but <laughs> it's good to be here. Big D here with you. Another week on the Northwest Convergence Zone. And I uh, had a fun time this last week. I'll tell you about it in a moment. But I was, I was off in Vegas. You know, this uh, spring in the Northwest, so-called spring, uh, just really gets to me. And I got to get out of town. So on the heels of Hawaii, I went to Vegas. Nice. So yeah. instead of uh, giving your money to Uncle Sam, you gave it to, I gave to it Vegas, to, huh? I gave it to the wind. I gave a little bit to Planet Hollywood. I spread it around. I was going to say that uh, barrel with the suspenders you're wearing today is, is, is quite fetching. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and let's introduce ourselves. I'm Big D. This is Big Joe. As always, greetings and salutations from the man cave in the city of stand-up today, yes, Tacoma, Washington. Absolutely. This is Double D, and it's a pleasure to be here, not being in jail, since I did, on my birthday, get the police <laughs> called on me. I had to explain myself to the police on my birthday. Cops oh, in Tacoma. Yeah. Again. No, this was Pierce, uh, Pierce County Sheriff again. Yes. Well, they have your name. They, they got your face. You yep. know, it's just a... Uh, and on your birthday, it was mostly wasn't it just a lovely visit? Well, just to they, say happy birthday? They did get called out. We miss you a, a down at the jail. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, pretty But sure. I did amaze them that I had my twin brother there. <laughs> And it was his birthday, too, yeah, right? It was him. It was him. Yeah. He's the one that's in jail right now. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um, got a couple of things to uh, throw your way real quick uh, before we get into the show. Uh, this Friday, Sweet Kiss Mama, the boys from Puyallup, who we had on last week, who totally rock, man. I I was listening to them all week long on my uh, iPod. It was great. They have their CD release party in Puyallup. That's on Friday. And then Saturday, our boy Dudley Taft is having his CD release party at the Feedback Lounge in West Seattle. And we're going to try to make it to both of those. Yes. Uh, Man, this stuff's... (laughs) We've been like going to shows like crazy. And uh, we're going to talk about one that we were at last night, which was awesome. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the big news for us is June 5th. 8 o'clock down here at the Stone Gate, which is down on South Tacoma Way. We have the uh, the big Northwest Convergence Zone listener party and four bands, Midnight Salvage Company, Big Wheel Stunt Show, The Legend of Bigfoot, and Beat Seed are all going to be there. Of course, we're all going to be there. We got stuff to give away. Uh, Jeff is going to, you know... He, he's he's going to open the doors for everybody at the Stone Gate. We're going to have a good time, and I'm pumped up for that. You guys ready oh, for that? Oh, psych. Maybe a surprise guest or two. Who oh, you know, you know there will be because we're inviting everybody and anybody who's been on our show before. We're inviting them down to this thing, so you never know who's going to be there. I just want everybody to know that I still have my eight and a half by elevens that I glossies that I was going to sign for everybody. <laughs> um, just I've I've been trying to give them away. I got like five hundred of them, and I still have five hundred of them. All right. Well, so, bring those down, and maybe we can uh, use those as posters. Yeah. Posters? Yeah. No, no, no. I got to keep them pristine. Okay, there you go. All right, and Joe, didn't you have? You want to thank somebody? You had a pretty cool uh, adventure. I, I did. You know, we're uh, trying to make a uh, northwest background for when we take pictures with our guests. Um, and I uh, bought a poster, a hydroplane poster, of a guest that we had previously of Chip Hanauer. Yes. Seattle 
saddle icon in hydroplane racing, and uh, the gentleman that I went and picked it up from, um, he just gave me some things. He gave me a Seahawk helmet phone that was used in the in the draft by the Seahawks. He used to work for the Seahawks. So now we have it hooked up here, and we can take calls from the Hawks headquarters. From, from the Hawks headquarters, give them some, <laughs> ad, uh, some advice on the upcoming draft. Yes. And he gave me a beautiful framed uh, uh, picture with hydroplanes from the past. Those are killer, man. And I haven't spoke to him, but he's a great guy, and uh, he's hopefully going to hook us Doesn't up. Doesn't he have some. an eBay store? He's got an eBay store, and I, I won't say his name yet, but I want to tell you, if you're looking for great Northwest memorabilia, sports, anything to do with the Seattle sports scene, um, go to eBay to Price, P-R-I-C-E, 3262, that's his store. You will not be disappointed, and great prices on the stuff that he sells. So I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he's a great guy. Yeah, so hey, I, I, like I said earlier, I was in Vegas uh, this last week, and when was the last time you guys been to Vegas? Uh, it's been a couple years for me. Double D? Never been there. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Squeeze? When I was three. When he was three. <laughs> How old are you now? 50. 50. So he's been a while. It's a great place. I won't even ask Wonder Boy. Well, he's probably been there. (laughs) So I'm in Vegas, right? And it's really hot. It's nice because I flew in on like a Tuesday. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like nobody's there, right? You're wandering around. It's pretty empty. And I'm in the... there's a Hard Rock Cafe now on the Strip. It didn't used to be there. It's pretty new as far as I know. And I walk in, and guess who I meet? I have no idea. Elvis? Well, you know what? I saw lots of Elvises all over. Oh. But I didn't meet Elvis in there. I met Louie Anderson, the big co- the comedian guy. Louie. Louie, yeah. Life with Louie. Louie nice. Anderson, really nice guy. Chatted with him for a little while. And, uh, family he, feud. Family feud. That's, he survived the family feud curse. He's <laughs> That's alive. That's good. And he's kicking. Anyway, he was really down with coming on the show. Uh, I didn't know this, but there was like a big broadcasting convention in town. And as I'm wandering around, I'm going to some different shows. I actually did go to his show that night. But um, a lot of our broadcasting brothers and sisters were all over Vegas. I got to talk to a lot of them from all over the country. And all of them are saying, yeah, Internet's the way to go. So we're ahead of the game, boys. You sure it wasn't just a broad convention? There was that, too. <laughs> but uh, I have to, you know, that one I can't talk about. Because some things in pass Vegas, out the cards? <laughs> I got a lot of really neat. I got a whole deck of trading cards <laughs> that uh, and some really cool coupons. So if anybody's going to Vegas, I can hook you up with lots of free shows, <laughs> lots of two-for-one drinks, and lots of places that don't exist. Okay? <laughs> or are out of business, or you got to pay, uh, you know, the cab guy 500 bucks to get there, and it's out in a desert somewhere, and then you can never get back. So Vegas was fun, though. I had a good time. and uh, But let's talk about last night. Where did we go, Joe, last we night? We went and saw some great stand-up, and uh, it was at the Jewel Box in Seattle. Had you ever been there before? I had never been there. It's a cool uh, place. It's a very funky dive. Very, I like yeah, it. Yeah, very digging uh, the, historic digging feel to it. That's it? No, I thought you had something to say. I I was taking a drink. (laughs) Well, I was waiting for you to get done. Oh, man. Yeah, so we're down in downtown Seattle. We go to the Jewel Box Theater, and who did we see? We saw one of the great stand-ups on the scene right now, and she's our guest today. Absolutely. Alicia Wood. Alicia Wood, welcome to the program. Alicia, how are you? I'm well. It's one of the next great... No, it's the great. (laughs) The best Northwest comic not, going right now. Not yet. And she brought a friend in who yes, was also on the bill last night, Jeremy Whitman. Jeremy, how's it going, buddy? Oh, pretty good. Jeremy was knocking me out last he night. He was very good also, yes. <laughs> he enjoyed was, him a lot. Yeah, and uh, he claimed he was from Tacoma, but now he's backing off on that claim, which is a smart thing to do, right, Jeremy? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, some things we're supposed to stay there. <laughs> that venue, too. <laughs> Apparently, I did I'm just not, here visiting. I, I didn't get that writer. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, let the cat out of the bag. Oh, man. Jeez. Well, speaking of Vegas, man, and I was and I was really bummed because I just missed you, Alicia, while you were there. Tell us like how you're... two your, days. Yeah. I, yeah, two days. I was totally <laughs> bummed out. How did that go for you? It was great. Well, I called into you guys uh, last week, I guess, mm-hmm. technically, right? Yeah. And uh, it was it was awesome. There was a lot of celebrity sightings, a lot of uh, stuff. Like, it, it was cool. I, I'm a little hungover. You have to bear with me from last <laughs> night, so I'm not as quick. 
like on the draw as I could be. I'm like, it's great. It was fine. You guys have vodka, right? Yes. Like, um, so it was awesome. Uh, one thing that was killing me, we were talking about allergies before the show started, and uh, I was up on the 25th tower of the Harris Hotel, oh, and yeah. so there's the wind, and it's so strong that you can hear it, and it's rattling the windows, and I'm like, oh, all right, whatever, not thinking that it's a desert, and uh, that I'm a, I'm a three and a four for pollen and dust, no. which means I'm allergic to air <laughs> nine months of the year. <laughs> it's a hard allergy, you know what I mean? Like, and so, and so up on the 24th floor, it was horrible because I think I only drank two out of the six or seven days that I was there, but I woke up feeling like I was hung over to my eyeballs every yes. day, you know, which is the golf ball eyes, and <laughs> it takes you an hour to get out of bed. It's a process. Like, you start planning ahead, like, I'm going to leave water by the nightstand <laughs> and my allergy drugs. So when I stir, I can take those, and then maybe in an hour I can function, you know? So, so it was kind of brutal. And then doing radio and all that on top of it, like, you know, and it doesn't matter what I do. I always sound like I have a cold, you know, like, so I just, I, yeah. Well, my, for, uh, yeah, for me, I didn't plan ahead. So uh, my biggest trek every morning was that long trek down to the 7-Eleven, which is on the strip, to get a big gulp. Because I was like, I am dying of thirst. I'm parched. But, you know, you stop in. The casinos, not, it's not like old Vegas where they just handed stuff out. Now it's like you walk into the bar. Yeah, I'll have a Coke. Six dollars. <laughs> oh, Six bucks, listen. man. Where's Guido? I need that guy back in here. <laughs> yeah, I figured out. Well, because uh, the first time that I was there for the competition, um, you know, of course, it's like eight comics all hanging out because there's the comics that were originally on the show and then us that got put on the show. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then other people that are in town. So and we're all poor. So, you know, like, even though Vegas pays well, that compensates for the gigs that don't pay well. So you're not really making money when you look at your bottom line, you know, like. And so uh, they took us over to Casino Royale, which has uh, one dollar and two dollar drinks. Yes. At the Where bar. is that? Yeah. And plus, if you gamble, you can get free drinks there. But it takes forever. And I, I of course, yeah. uh, last week uh, I sat down at the blackjack switch table. Don't play blackjack switch. <laughs> that is the word. It seems like a great idea because you can switch your cards around. I lost all of my money. I ordered a drink and I lost all of my money before I could even pay for the drink. And so, like, you know, like, uh, or give the girl the tip. So, like, you know, and I pulled the old. Uh, she walks up and she hands me the drink, and I was like, "Thank you," and just turned my back to her. Like, I'm not even gonna look at her when she's like, "What do you mean you're not tipping me?" You know, like. So uh, I ended up giving a coupon that would like double your your blackjack to another guy that was at the table, like a group of crazy Canadians that were like, "Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, hey," you know, like, and um, and uh, you know, and I just totally shoved myself into the situation. I was like, "All right, so when you get a blackjack, bam," you know, like, and, uh, and he's like, "Oh, all right," and uh, and so finally that guy cut me back in to the game uh -huh. and then I went and won money and then found the waitress and tipped her but you know what I mean it was oh, like oh that was nice she still was like ooh and rolled her eyes at me <laughs> and, you know like she hated me I first. always just run for the door that's, that's <laughs> all I'm saying usually it's like uh, or have you done this where the drink girl comes around you want to hand her a buck and you reach in you like you only have fives and twenties because you know and I've done this before where you go oh you got change for a five and they're oh honey I'm sorry I don't <laughs> it's like well I don't either <laughs> <laughs> so so there we are. We're even. How about that? So uh, now you just did your gig last night. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, we saw it. We were in the audience. It was great. It yeah, I'm was jealous. Fun. I'm jealous because I, I, put, I put the whole thing together because there was no room at the inn when you looked at the comedy clubs. It sort of happened on short notice and everybody mm -hmm. was booked up. So I went ahead and booked out the uh, Jewel Box Theater, which meant I had to do everything. I had to book the acts. I had to find somebody to work the door. You know, I had to do all that stuff. So it can be kind of stressful, but I've gotten really good at delegating and going, you know, like I had Jeff Lott, who's fantastic, come out and he was the MC. And yeah, he was great. Yeah, and was he was good. like, so how much time do you want everybody to do? And I'm like, I don't know, you figured out and just walked off. You know, like, you keep me posted. Um, and so I've gotten really good at that stuff. Like, just, you know, like, I don't even care, whatever. I, you have to commit to not caring what happens. But, you know, so I booked really good acts that I really wanted to see, you know, Lot, Whitman, that kind of stuff. So, like, you know, I'm backstage and I can't see the show. So, like, I'm mad. I put together this great show. You can't see and it. And I can't see it. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it was stellar. I had to say and we I've seen a lot of stand up in fact I just saw some uh, some of the lesser known you know whatever acts in Vegas and uh, you ever thought about moving there because I think you'd do you'd do really well there because a lot of the stuff they have going on there is crap yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you check out any while you were there? Like, just sit well, in I the audience because on Because I was some? doing two shows every night, 8 oh, and 10.30. Yeah. And then, like, normally it would be, like, radio at 5 or whatever. Right, right, and right. so, like, you know, and, of course, it's Vegas, so you have to do, like, crazy makeup and that takes forever. And, you know, like, so <laughs> I didn't really get out that much. Um, I almost went to a show 
that was at one o'clock in the afternoon. Was that Matt King? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave you the free tickets when you check in, but I didn't. I didn't get to go. I, I don't remember what happened, but there was some reason why I couldn't go. Uh, it's so, probably yeah. better you didn't. But Alicia, <laughs> I got to ask you about last night's show. You do a uh, uh, a lot of your set consists of uh, stories about your family. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And you were mentioning before the show started that your mom was actually at the show last night. And not only was my mom there, she brought all of her coworkers. <laughs> so that's awkward. Um, you know, and I'm like, what's up? My my brother's a drug dealer. You know, and you just hear the half the room, the whole back half of the room go silent. Like, oh. <laughs> They're all staring at your mom. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I've had my mom at my shows before, and that's not a problem. And I've had my mom's coworkers at my show before, and that's not a problem either. But my mom with her coworkers, now you have this pity element going on where they're like, wow, did you really do that? Or really, your kids are all derelicts? You know, like, and so, and there's no way, I can't sugarcoat it. Like I have to do my act, you yeah. know, like, and so, especially since I'm working on a CD coming up and all that. So it's like, oh, I great. have to fine tune this material when I have the chance, you know? So you are working on a CD, huh? I am. I'm, I'm talking to a record label. It's not in stone, but I am talking to a record label, which is the one that I want to work with. And I'm really excited. And great. it would be, yeah, it would be an honor to, to do that label. It would be cool. Not Very. do the label, but you know what I mean? Like to be on that all of them. Label. Well, you get my point, yeah. whatever. The entire list. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, bring her on board. <laughs> they've got a really um, a really awesome group of when you go to their website and you look at all the CDs and the artists that they've worked with. It's just it would be an honor to be in that group. You Sweet. Know? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, when you uh, when you figure out uh, when it all gets nailed down, let us know. You know, yeah, we, yeah, we'll definitely totally. definitely push it. And we'll put a link on our website to wherever people can go to find that because uh, we're all down with that. So now one of your uh, guests on the uh, show last night was Jeremy Whitman. And Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hmm? Um, originally from <laughs> what huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, who me <laughs> i'm generally uncomfortable in front of a microphone <laughs> put a drink in his hand he'll mellow out well, i got i got yeah <laughs> but, uh, i'm from spanaway so it takes more than a drink to, uh, <laughs> a little meth some yeah. crack if you'd like some yard work done yeah that'll <laughs> Also, my lawnmower's going down the road. <laughs> yeah, but just to the pawn shop. That's right. <laughs> so you're from Spanaway, and how'd you get into stand-up? Um, just living there? Yeah. Oh, no. It's just, you know, people said I was funny. I was dumb enough to believe them and failed miserably for a little while. And how long have you been doing it? Huh? How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, about seven years or so now. Are those headphones working? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> Testing one, too. Uh, no, I thought you were very funny last night. You had some really good, uh, really good bits. And is this a... Uh, is this a routine you've been doing for some time, or is this fairly new material? Mm -hmm. We haven't. Uh, I've never seen you before. I, I thought it was really good. Oh, it's always a mix. Usually a mix of newer and older stuff. So that's what you got last night. Yeah, very good. Well, if anybody hasn't seen Jeremy Whitman, I recommend. Do you do stuff around mm -hmm. the Northwest? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, good. Do you start every sentence with hmm? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to check. Mm -hmm. He's right. just clarifying mm -hmm. <laughs> what we said we really said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, before we get back into some uh, some more yakta. Now, with Birthdays of the Living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Pinata, Big D. <laughs> it's like, I don't care about nothing, man. <laughs> Roll another blunt. <laughs> All right. Well, to uh, stay with the 420 theme of uh, our show today, a little Afro Man for you. Uh, every time I hear Afro Man, it's like the world gets hazy. Does it? Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, I'm feeling mellow right now. I think Jay and Silent Bob are so. Do you? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, birthdays of the living. And uh, by the way, if I'm the Prince of Pinata on 420, what's that pinata filled with? Goodies for everybody. All right. Uh, turning 37 this week on 420, Carmen Electra, married to the Rodman man. For about 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Did he wear a dress to that? I'm wondering. Uh, I think, no, that was some, that was some other thing. I don't All think right. that was with her. Uh, also on 420, turning 50 is Clint Howard. Clint. Ronnie's weird-looking brother. Ronnie's goofy-looking brother. What happened to that guy? I don't know. That's, Maybe that's he so got high. I know. Well, and he wasn't Gentle Ben, though. He was a cute kid on Gentle well, Ben. Well, yeah, he was good on Gentle Ben, and then it all went downhill from there. And also our last one, and this is, uh, you know, we're going to take you back into 
Space. Space. <laughs> Did you ever get high and watch Star Trek? <laughs> uh, I would uh, like to uh, take the talk fifth about, on that. Talk about the final like frontier, the man. Jeez, back in the day. Yeah, Just this that? theme would come on and we whoa. <laughs> this, is, this is some heavy <laughs> this stuff. This is awesome, man. All right, he's going to be 70, 72. 72. Mr. Sulu, George Takai, the man. Not too many of them left. No. But uh, Mr. Sulu is one of them. And uh, we want to say happy birthday and a happy high birthday. That's right. L live long and prosper. <laughs> live long and tote lots. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Birthdays of the Dead. Now, with Birthdays from Beyond, here's the Northwest Convergence Zone's answer to Art Bell, Big Joe. <laughs> All right, we're back with Afro Man. And uh, probably appreciate this guy. Born on 420-1908, would have been 101 years old. A master jazz musician, played an instrument that most people aren't uh, aware of. It's called the vibraphone. Lionel Hampton. Uh, great you stuff. Think, you think he was in the studio one day, you know, he's like, well, let's see, what should I learn to play? The vibraphone. The vibraphone. Nobody else is playing it. Might as well be me. He had to have I been have high. no idea what that is, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, great stuff to listen to when you're 420 or anytime. Uh, also on 420, 1893. Uh, would have been 116 years old now. This guy goes back. Silent film star, king of the Daredevil comedies, Harold Lloyd. Probably Absolutely. one of the most iconic images in film of him hanging from the hands of the clock. I have that poster. Hanging from my room in college. Yep, so Harold Lloyd uh, at one time was out earning Charlie Chaplin, if you can believe it. No, yeah, totally. It was back in the 20s where he was like making $4 million and he was making 8 <laughs> Right, but still. $8 million in the 20s was some good dough. Nothing to laugh at. Yeah, it'd be good now, actually. <laughs> All right, and on 420-1889, uh, a man who uh, goes by one name, like Madonna and Cher, uh, and uh, wasn't really a nice guy. Uh, no. Uh, a guy named Hitler. Yeah. And uh, actually, he should be with the living because he's often seen down in Argentina. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure. But Argentina? He, he'd be 120 now down How do they say how Hitler down there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to contemplate it, but one of, the, one of my favorite Simpson lines was an episode of The Simpsons when Bart found a $1,000 bill and he had people identify the $1,000 bill and Mo Sislak, the bartender, came in and he said, identify who's on the thousand dollar bill and Bo says ah must be someone famous I'll say Hitler <laughs> <laughs> obviously he had never seen one <laughs> but here's the silver lining of this story another great man born on the same day same year uh, April 20th 1889 my grandpa Bill Bates. Oh, okay. So that makes up for the negative yes, karma. So nice. happy birthday, Grandpa. Way to go. And then uh, we also have a couple of birthdays. Squeeze, you got a couple of birthdays in your family coming up this week. Your lovely wife and your son tomorrow on the same day. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Get a, I like that, though. You get them both knocked out, and then you're home free for a year. That's good. Yeah, good planning. <laughs> you don't have to plan anything in, in, like, June, July, or whatever. It's like, get it done. So, okay, I've right. been noticing you guys have been talking about 420. What is the deal with yes. that? I don't get it. I was, gonna wonder, I was wondering how long it was going to take for this man right here to wonder <laughs> what 420 me. was. That's a date. I understand the date, but what does it have to do with anything else in the world? I, I just have no idea. Joe, you yeah, want to take no, this? No, no, you take. You no, feel this one. Actually, feel maybe, with this. maybe I'll ask uh, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy knows what he 420 is. He can educate is. me what, yeah. Wonder, what that is. What is that? Let's, well, let's roll back through what we've talked. Okay, we opened up with a song called Sweet Leaf. Okay. And then we've had Afro Man playing Because I Got High. Uh, we're talking about 420. Anything clicking here? Well, yeah, something like the uh, my... Wife's uncle, that's the asparagus farmer. Yes, yes. Uncle yes. Fred. There you What's go. Uncle Fred? Up in yeah. BC. Up in BC. Right. Yeah, uh, farming the, in BC. Yeah, yeah. so they call it asparagus. Four twenty during the day is uh, typical the toke moment, oh. where and so four twenty, you know, April twentieth uh, is yes. four twenty the okay. day, and it's the entire day. 
Oh, so you're high all day. Yeah, it supposedly came from like code for uh, all the active psycho ingredients that are in marijuana. And people said it was a police code for a marijuana bus, but I guess that's Ah. not true. I also heard that it was the time when most kids got home from school and it was before their parents got home. It was the last moment (laughs) they could tell up. I'm going with that one. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah, it's like 420. It's like the last moment. How come you you have no after school activities, dear? Oh, I had plenty. <laughs> okay, well, our guest this week is Alicia Wood, and Alicia, I'll just talk about uh, smoking pot. Did you ever smoke pot? Yes. You did? Yeah, yeah. Actually, in B.C. was the first time I ever did. I waited until I was, I think, uh, gosh, I want to say late, late, late teens, early 20s. You know what I mean? Like in the over so were you 18, up there under on 21, like I think it's somewhere in there. Like Post high school, you're on like a little trip up to B.C.? Or? It, was, uh, it, was, it was this island that had been busted for growing marijuana. And I guess it was some sort of a national park or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Canada calls their national parks. Maybe national parks. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but it was like an island. And, uh, and uh, I guess they had like busted it in like the 70s or something and never went back. So people just went back and kept growing it, whatever it was, you know what I mean? And I'm not sure what's going on with it now. I am not uh, allowed to reveal the location. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was like this total hippie commune that was like a modern hippie commune of people that were growing pot. So like that's where, and I think I the first one I was like, this is stupid. I'm not getting anything off of this. And it was the creeper kind, you know? So I'm like, give me more of that. Next thing you know, I'm just on the floor looking at the ceiling, you know? This is a fascinating ceiling. Yes. I feel sick. I think I might throw up. What's going on, you know? <laughs> I think on, uh, going to BC, it's pretty much that as soon as you cross the border, they just hand it to you and say it's required. Uh, yeah, I think it's part of the visitor package. You get a uh, map, and they give you sometimes a little, uh, you know, disposable camera and a bag of weed. Welcome to our country. I hope you enjoy the experience. Uh, now, Alicia, you were just in Pullman. How did that go for you? Oh, at Washington State University. That was Wazoo. awesome. Wazoo. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I uh, made a bit of a social faux pas, though, and uh, I was like, oh, so it's crazy being in town because all your colors are like all over the place. This town couldn't love you more. You know, you're purple and what is it, gray? And they go, what? <laughs> it's your funeral. You know, and like all at the same time started. There's the crimson. And I was like, well, I don't know. It looks kind of like red to me. I don't know. Like that, that burgundy-ish crimson color to me looks like, I would call that purple. And I'm aware that it's more red. You know what I mean? Yes. But like off the top of my head, I just was like purple and they freaked. Oh, wow. So yeah. Nice. We made up. We had a heart talk. We worked it out on stage, you know. And of course, that's in the first three minutes, and I've got two hours of a show to do. So, like, yeah. a couple awkward moments, but yeah. They're all chasing your car out of town. Good girl for bats. shaking their cage, yeah. though. I do appreciate that. Yeah. So now, what were you, you were over there judging a competition? So no, what to- I was doing was I was hosting Last Cougar Standing, which, <laughs> of course, when I uh, when I uh, was all the booked, single moms are lined up outside. Yeah, Wait, my, hey, I thought there was a prize. Yeah, when my my agent was like, okay, you're gonna be emceeing an event and it's a uh, last cougar standing i was like well i'm not a cougar and i like freaked out and he goes no no cougar that the it's for washington state university and i was like oh all right that's cool i was like what college are you sending me to you know like, what is going on anyway so yeah so it but it was cool it was just they did um they did i think they had eight comics doing stand-up and then uh top five moved on to doing an improv bit and then they announced a winner and there was just all kinds of chaos through the washington Estate is a uh, party school, so there was <laughs> little there was, bit. That reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've of course got all the laws, like you know, we don't drink in the sororities, wink, you know, like and that kind of stuff. But like, it is a not party from the fountain school. anyway. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but uh, but yeah, so there was um, like we had prize giveaways, and you would ask questions like, oh, does anybody know the answer of this or that or the other? And if you do, uh, and I'm doing this on the fly, so I haven't really haven't thought about how I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? So I'm like, if I guess I don't know, come to the stage or whatever. And so it gets rushed by, you know, people that are coming up and, and they're tying and I don't know how to break a tie and they're like, dance off! So I'm like, alright, dance off! And so like, it was just like one of those shows where you, I don't know what's going on and I'm in control of the whole show, you know? So it was a lot of fun. It was really fun. So was there a panel of judges or was it just... They had a, they had a, a, a local DJ that came out who had improv experience judge and they had um, the student activities board director was judging and then the hilarious gen ed professor. I don't even know what gen Gen Ed is, but what is that? I don't know. Oh, generic education. I have Gender no idea. Education. G- gen- yeah, I don't know. But, but, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Must be a good gig, though. Nobody knows what you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wander around. I'm the Gen Ed guy. I <laughs> yeah. So like to check, go home. I was like, and the hilarious Gen Ed professor. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> you know, like, and it, of course, anytime I do colleges, I feel extra stupid because they're more educated than I am. So it's like, <laughs> I don't ask a lot of questions if I, if I, uh, if I can. Because <laughs> oh, I don't want to look dumber and dumber and dumber. You know, like, so. <laughs> they start correcting you? I've had that happen. I, and it's hilarious because when they do it, they do it like students would. They'll raise their hands and I'll be like, uh, yes, you in the crimson shirt, you know, or whatever. You know. um, that's not true, actually, you know, which is always nice to be. Shut up, punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my show. Uh, well, I want to ask you about the... Um, the comedy competition that you won in Vegas, the uh, America's Next Funniest Comedian, right? It's, well, there's no Or is no it just noun. America's Next Funniest? It's America's Next Funniest. There's no noun. So you can just throw in whatever you want. America's <laughs> Next Funniest Cougar. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it can be whatever. But what was, what was that like? Uh, not just the competition-wise, but those are some, there were some pretty big judges up there, some pretty big names who've been involved in comedy for a long time. Yeah. Uh, what made you, if you were nervous at all, maybe Maybe you weren't, but... Uh... Well, I wasn't nervous only because my little brother was there and my father was there, and they had not seen or spoken to each other in 14 years. <laughs> so we had that drama going on. <laughs> and then they had both promised to me that they wouldn't start any shit. You know what I mean? Like, And so my brother couldn't handle not starting shit. <laughs> so he went and bought a fifth or a pint, I'm still unclear, on Jack Daniels, drank himself into the floor, <laughs> lost his cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, since he couldn't explode he imploded right. so he totally passed out in his room and at eight o'clock at showtime you know he's there and so i'm thinking about that i'm not even thinking about the competition you right. know so that's my advice to anybody that does competitions is get a brother that can't cope with reality on occasion you know what i mean like it really takes your mind off of shit you know <laughs> now what do you what are your dad brother sister your mom what do they think of your routine i i, I assume at some point you had as you're writing your comedy because like joe said earlier you deal with a lot of stuff about your family. Yeah. And did you run it by them? Do you have to have them sign a waiver? They won't sue you? No, or? <laughs> no. But I sort of hope I don't become like famous because if I do, then if I write a tell-all book, they'll write a tell-all book. And, you know what I mean? Like, so my family would totally do that. You know, you see people's families with oh, celebrities yeah. and you're like, why would you, you know, totally throw your celebrity brother or sister or mom or whatever under the bus? And then like, you know, and then I look at my family and I go, oh, they would totally do that. They would do that. My mom would be like, there's a few things that I would like you to know are not true. You know, like, Alicia takes a lot of liberties. You know, so it'd be books back and forth. They'd yeah. write theirs, you'd write your response. They'd write theirs. It'd just yeah. be, a whole, it'd be a whole series, kind of like Harry Potter or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alicia, I wanted to ask you. You said that uh, recently, when you, when you were in Vegas, that after doing the shows, you went out with other comics, mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to know: Are you always on? Especially in a group of people that do the same thing as you, or do you do anything besides comedy when you're in a group like that? Say, well, let's just—we're like not going to We're not going to try to. <laughs> no, we're not going to try to outdo each other or anything. We're not doing comedy. We're not doing one-upmanship. We're going to talk politics or something like that. I think it just varies on who you're with because, you know, comics are, are very diverse. I mean, it's just, you know, samplings of the population. So you have a wide cross-section of people. So it literally just depends on who you're with. Like, you might be with somebody that's totally on, in which case you just leave and uh, ignore them. Because that's so annoying. Like, you know, you, I mean, it's like, look, we're just trying to order a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be like, what's up? Is that cow juice? Waka waka. You know what I mean? Like, like can we just be normal for a minute? Is that cool? So, um, but having said that, I do that on occasion, too. Like, I, I, I have to get on stage at least once a week. And if I don't, I find myself, it's like it, all that adrenaline and, and pent-up energy has to go somewhere. So I'll start attacking 7-Elevens. You know what I mean? Like, I call it assaulting minimum wage workers with my hilarity is what I call it. You know, like, and I'll find something like that where it's like, you know, oh, it's, what's up with the premium? Is there really that premium? Waka waka. And they're like, look, asshole, here's your change. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to hear it. And that's when I'm like, I got to get on stage. You know? Like, what's it like? Uh, what's your general opinion of comedy uh, these days? There's lots of. It seems like there's lots of, um, you know, 
clubs around and there, there are lots of people filling those clubs as far as like the stand-ups and everything but seems like back in like I would say the 90s or whatever there's like this huge explosion of the comedians that rose and they all of a sudden they all got sitcoms and remember that it was oh, like they're in the 80s boom where it was like everybody would, yeah Seinfeld you would do got Montreal the, the or Aspen and then the executives for entertainers would see you they would go yeah. what do you want to do and you Drew go I want to make a sitcom what's it going to be called I don't know great sounds good <laughs> yeah. you know and so they would just and then next thing you know they're famous um, and they don't really do that anymore so no, we yeah. haven't seen that for a while what, yeah. what's going on with well that? I think there's been a, a trend away from sitcoms so I think that that's part of it mm-hmm. um I don't really know, though, because, well, part of it was reality TV. Reality TV really took over Yeah. because it's so cheap to produce. You just need cameras to follow, you know, and some people that, you know, need attention or whatever. And that's it. That's all you need, you know, so. Do you like the reality shows? You know, I don't in theory, but, you know, there's always going to be <laughs> that one that catches you that you can't turn your eyes off of, you know. Like, what would that be for you? I'm trying to think. Um well, Rock of Love. How do you not? <laughs> how do you not love Rock of Love? <laughs> that's that's one um, which I didn't follow that super closely, but you know, always pop in in the middle of a, a show and be like, really, <laughs> you know, like uh, it, what else? Rock of Love. Um, Watching the HGTV or the no. uh, uh, Bravo. Any of the ones on there? Like for me, I'm a big nerd. My favorite was Barbecue Pitmasters. <laughs> <laughs> what? They followed a bunch. Bunch of, bunch of guys from yeah, guys from Texas and like Mississippi or whatever around all these barbecuing conventions. It was it was so rednecky. It was funny. I think I saw one split slice of one of those episodes without knowing what it was. <laughs> yeah, I like I was flipping the channels in the hotel. Bunch of guys standing around TV a big at home. So if I have TV on the road, I am fascinated. You know, like I will watch. I I'll tell you this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Mr. T pities the fool who doesn't. <laughs> like the flavor wave. I've seen that more times than I know what to do with and I'm fascinated every time. Like, really? So you just put soap in it and stir it. That's great. You know, like, or whatever. How much is that? 300 Not worth it. But tell me more, Mr. T, with your bad, bad or acting. three easy installments of thirty nine ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, I want to be that level of famous, Mr. T famous, where you don't even have to act like you're acting. <laughs> just yell you know at the camera. I mean? like, yeah, because he, he is not even trying. He's like, you know, wow, Tammy, that t- Tastes great. <laughs> Tell me more and, about the flavor wave. Yeah, and how long can you do the pity the fool? That's been going on since the 70s. For a long time, obviously. Yeah. 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 Uh, I pity the fool that don't like his vegetables. <laughs> well, you can make those in the flavor wave. <laughs> Four hours glued. Does it do laundry? Awesome. Alicia and Jeremy, this is for both you guys. Uh, uh, I'm sh- I hope not, but I'm sure it's probably come up. Have you guys ever been heckled during sure. the show? Sure. And how do you handle it? Well, I think you kind of personally, well, a lot of people write like stock lines. Um, well, they don't write stock lines. You use mm-hmm. stock lines, I guess, right? And stock lines would be like, hey, I don't go to 7-Eleven or I don't go to your work and knock the dicks out of your <laughs> Slurpee or whatever. I don't remember what the line is, but like, yeah. you know, there's a bunch of lines like that, that that have been around for so long and so many people use them that nobody even knows who came up with them, you know, which I've actually found out a lot of them belong to Steve Martin, not the 7-Eleven dick Slurpee, whatever, that, <laughs> right, right. whatever I just created. Yeah. <laughs> However, I just horribly butchered three stock lines at once. My, my, my favorite of his is uh, I remember when I had my first beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the glass shatters. Put that anywhere. You know, like, so there's, you know, there's always all those stock lines and stuff that you can go to. I try really hard not to use those. And sometimes you find yourself in a situation where there's just no alternative. I try mm. to really go into the situation and, and deal with what I have, you know, like, yeah. um, and I have no problems turning it into a counseling session if I need to, you know, because I've had so much court ordered counseling counseling that I'm really good at acting like I know what I'm doing. So, um, like, I had a woman, um, I was in Rochester, I was in Rochester, and this woman, no, no, I was in Buffalo, on the outskirts of Buffalo, New York, and this woman, I'm on stage, you know, and my act is very, like, you know, my family's crazy, but we're getting better, and whatever, and I drink too much. It's high energy. It really is, yeah. Well, I guess it's just, um, I don't know, what's the word for that? It's neurotic, but I don't know. It doesn't. It's matter. got a lot of energy, and you're yeah, you're catting around. Frenetic. And it's frenetic. Frenetic. Very that good. would be a good word. I'm gonna have to find out what that word means. But that <laughs> yeah, me sounds too. like that's probably <laughs> know, the right let word. Let me know yeah. when you find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah somebody Way to pull me, that out of somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Somebody called me a while ago. They called me a cagey vet, and I was like, uh, when I looked that up. 
I'm going to either say thank you or fuck you. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. And then I read cagey, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm cagey. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cagey. Um, now I totally forgot what we were talking about. But, uh, Heckling. Heckling, Heckling oh, you're in Boston. This crazy lady in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, right. So she comes up to the stage, and she's just uh, just barely in the stage lights. And um, when someone comes to the stage as a performer who is alone on stage, especially one that does not lift weights or take kickboxing, <laughs> um, there are several things that go through your head. And, and feel free to add to these. But I know my first one is there's something I need to know. You know what I mean? Like, we've got to evacuate. Don't freak everybody out. <laughs> you know, so the first one is there's something I need to know. My second instinct is they want to kill me. My third instinct is they're giving me a shot. And I gauge the lady, and I don't see anything obvious, but she's weird, and she's sort of swaying a little bit, and she's right <laughs> there, and she's clearly waiting for an opportunity to talk to me. And now it's getting to the point that everybody's looking at her, you know? Right. And so... Um, so I ended up, uh, I'm trying to think of what I did here, because uh, it was a very weird and chaotic, it, it's amazing how these things you think took 20 minutes, and then you go listen to the tape, and it was like four, or whatever. Like, <laughs> it, was a lot, it was like Vietnam in four minutes, you know? Like, Still having flashbacks. Yeah, and so she goes, um, she goes, uh, she, I'm, I'm in the middle of talking, and I had just been teasing a woman, which the East Coast and the West Coast are very different. You know, like, they're very interactive on the East Coast. The, the West Coast is more, let go ahead, do your little skit. Yeah, that was last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk to you. Just do your little skit, you know? You might pick on us. Yeah, yeah. But the East Coast is like, no, I want to be in the show. Yeah. You know, I, you know what? I have an opinion on that. And, like, and it's not heckling. It's more, I would call, interactive, you know? Right. Right. But you know when someone is heckling you, you know? Like, because um, there's, there's some. Some of them don't mean to be annoying, but there's also like the uh, a friend of mine calls them like the uh, the preacher, something like that, the the, uh, the gospel choir type of heckler oh, where yeah. like oh, right. everything I you say they're the like choir. yeah oh, they're yeah. like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I really like soda soda woo <laughs> you know like and they don't know that they're being really annoying and right. really ruining your timing you know but uh, so there's a wide variety and but most of them are not coming from a malicious place so what happened with the lady in Buffalo right so you want me to get to my point I do, yeah. so um so the lady in Buffalo she goes she goes stop and I go what and she goes stop just stop this Stop. And I go, what? Like, it totally caught me off guard. I go, stop what? Stop telling jokes? And the audience immediately starts attacking her, like, verbally. They're like, they're like, it's her mom. It's her sister. You know, and they're all, they're being funnier than anything else. And now I'm trying to shut them up because now at this point, it's not a matter of being funny. It's a matter of regulating a crowd. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, I was like shut up. It's not my mom. You know, and there's all this stuff and she's saying stuff. I can't even hear what she's saying. I'm like, all right, shh, everybody, hold on. And somebody's like, fuck you, sit down. And I'm like, shh, hold on, everybody's got their opinion. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> totally trying to do, and so, and I was really wanting to turn this into a counseling session, you know? And so I'm trying to remember what she goes, uh, stop, just stop this. And then she goes, um, she goes, you don't have to do this. And I go, I don't have to do what? And she goes, stop being nasty. <laughs> Stop being nasty oh, to who? Like, and I don't even know what she's talking about. And so now I am fascinated. And I don't want this woman to go anywhere. Because when we get to the bottom of this, to the bottom of whatever possessed her so strongly to interrupt the entire show and make me stop doing whatever awful thing I was doing to myself and or others, I never was sure. You know, her husband comes up and grabs her by the neck and fucking pulls her out of there. And he gets all the way to the back of the room and goes, never a dull moment. And then the door shuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, no, you know, like leave her there. Give me something to work with because I, this was going to be awesome, you know. So and then it left you hanging. Yeah. And so then the audience is making fun of me. They were like, you were shocked. You were looking at your watch. You know, like, and, I'm like, and I'm defending myself. I was looking at my watch because we have to go in five minutes. That's why. you know. And I'm like, But I'll give you guys an extra five minutes. And it just was weird and crazy. Oh, and man. So you just never know what's going to happen. And I think that we can I think I'm going to say a mix of Valium and vodka is what I'm going to say that <laughs> was brought to us by you know like because she was weird and slow and stop just stop you don't have just to do stop. this stop this she was just like she was just just slow enough that you knew she wasn't drunk because if she was drunk mm -hmm. she'd be like stop it just stop it you know like it it's weird. hard you can't always tell when people are drunk yeah and uh, there was a guy who was just tearing into us over and over not saying anything that made any sense we're in the backwoods in Missouri yeah and we thought he was drunk we didn't find out he was retarded until we <laughs> oh. until we used the word retarded <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, why are you filling the retard full of booze and put a sign on him? I mean, <laughs> that's that is true. I've had that happen oh. a couple times where I just ripped into somebody. Like, what is fucking wrong with you? Oh, you're mentally disabled. <laughs> it's hard now, to tell in Missouri. Oh well, yeah, they yeah. should maybe put a like you know the high I'm whatever mm -hmm. little uh, signage on there. Uh, yeah. and it should have some codes. Yeah, but because for we're you blinded by the stage lights, we can't see. And, yeah. and even if you go like this, you know what I mean. It doesn't always. Well, like last night, night I went like this, yeah. and I couldn't see. I still couldn't see anything. And then, and like last night's. Uh, crowd a couple of times I think both of you said something to the audience and I think you were looking for some sort of uh, anything anything mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Anything. and uh, silence yeah mm -hmm. is that more unnerving uh, yeah yeah but it's yeah absolutely because you know I mean we get the emails every week that say stop that stop that stop <laughs> that it's when we don't hear from people that I'm always <laughs> I'm always worried like oh crap did anybody listen to this oh silence is the worst thing that could possibly happen yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well I mean I understand that when you give a joke out there and it lays flat but when you looking for some sort of feedback into you know because mm. some comedians are really audience relatable you know like yeah. that's their whole thing is they get that from the audience and and last I, I you're right I think it is really West Coast because uh, I've been to a lot of comedy shows here, and, the, and people in the West Coast just kind of kick back and they're like, I ain't getting involved. Yeah. Don't talk to me, man, because you'll start picking up or whatever. Yeah. And I, I rarely hear, I really don't see that. Uh, but you go to Vegas or you go down to LA or whatever, and, and in the South, they will talk back to you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you got to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a, as a uh, Northwest Seattleite, if I uh, ever even considered heckling somebody, all you'd have to say to me is, uh, get the F out of here, asshole. I go, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. Yes, the polite, the polite Northwest <laughs> stuff. I thought I'd give it my best. Best shot, and I got. I'm out of here. So yeah, I think you're right. I think a positive response or a negative response or a weird response, even you can deal with. I think silence is the worst. Mm. The second worst is a complete non sequitur, like when you're like, so hey, uh, but you know, my mom, whatever, whatever, isn't that crazy? And somebody's like, broccoli, I like broccoli. <laughs> and you're like, what? Check his name tag, please. Yeah, yeah when yeah. something comes completely out of left field, that's well, when you're like, because then you want to rip it apart and find the center of the onion, right? And and there isn't one. There isn't one, yeah. and you don't have time for that. With yeah. Other people are watching you. They don't because I get curious about audience members more than my show sometimes. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm like, fuck my act. I know mm -hmm. what I know what I'm going to say. Let's see what's going to happen here. Yeah, well, you let's know? go through your childhood. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have done that. I have been like, so what happened to you to make you mm -hmm. like this? Uh, Where is this hurt very coming quickly from? Very quickly, becomes crossing over with John Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> You're cold reading a person because they're spouting gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in touch with your mother. All right. Hey, well, before we go into a little more, we got to take time out for this week in music history. Now, here's a doctor of rock himself, Big Joe, with this week in music history. All right. This one's uh, somewhat Northwest oriented. And uh, this happened on April 21st, 2001. R.E.M. guitarist Peter Buck was charged by police at London's Heathrow Airport with being drunk, <laughs> guilty as charged, <laughs> on an aircraft and assaulting the British Airways crews. Yeah, damn right. Give it to them, Redcoats. Yes. Uh, Buck was taken into custody after landing on a flight originating from where, Double D? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this silence awkward? <laughs> yes. Think of, a, think of a major city in Washington. That's Flight originating from? Where do things fly out of from here? I'm trying to make it awkward for you. <laughs> You're With doing a damn good job. You're doing a very, okay, how about very Seattle? good job. Seattle, okay. yes, yes, Seattle. yes. And uh, the British Bobbies gave him the rubber hose treatment for about 12 hours. And that is this week's. Thank you. Week in rock history. Yeah, well, music history. Or music history. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. Can you guys get a Can you get a glass for her? That's what I was trying to. I was over here. Pan I was like, uh, you know, doing the mime thing. <laughs> That's right. It's like, what does this mean? I know. And he's I thought, like, I That's were, nasty. I were, he's in the box. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out of the wall. But uh, anyway, all right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time left in this show. but Because um, we need to start drinking. And 420. Smoking coming. cigars. So yes. That's right. Or blunts. <laughs> so, Jeremy, I want to ask you, uh, being from the Northwest, uh, what uh, was 
comedy your first chance to travel around the country? Is that how you first yeah, saw it? Yeah, I was actually somewhat of a bubble boy growing yeah. up. My dad was a fundamentalist Christian preacher. Oh, And really? also, yeah, the uh, comedy was kind of my first exposure to actual what I consider normal people at this point, which is all comedians. <laughs> oh, no. So I went from, you know, a school that was like creationist, 6,000-year-old Earth, directly out of that into stand-up comedy. <laughs> so... And the only trips we ever took were to Wenatchee, where my family was involved with that church who was accused of all the molestation back in the 90s. Oh, beautiful, yeah. And California, where I had an uncle who was a preacher. So, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, all my exposure to America has been through the backwoods parts of it, doing no, stand-up comedy for people much like my dad. No bitterness there. No, not at all. No. <laughs> and uh, so when you... Uh, when you first found your voice in comedy and you got out there and you were you were rolling um did it make you i assume it made you nervous but who who were you listening to who uh what comics were you you know digging that you thought man i think i can maybe pull this off and people told you you were funny obviously but who were you listening to that you're like man these guys knocked me out I, i'd love to do this well first of all i was never sure i could pull it off and i'm still not quite absolutely sure of that oh no you're good but, um yes. First comedy CD I ever got, which is a great like Tacoma kind of comedy CD you get, especially if you're from Spanaway, which was kind of gangland back then, was a Chris Rock roll with a new. That was my first comedy CD, which is great for a Christian preacher. Yeah, yeah, where'd you hide that? That's where you start. My dad's car CD player, that was a big mix-up too, don't <laughs> leave it there. Big fan of Chris Rock, big yeah. fan of George Carlin and Richard Pryor. Yes. That's funny, because I grew up in a uh, uh, pretty conservative Christian home too, went to a private school over here on the hill for an, over there not too long. Uh, well, I was kicked out after two years, but uh, <laughs> what, I, what's that? school? Uh, do we dare name we the don't, school? We don't want to say Probably that. Probably don't. I will go. We'll I'll tell, tell you later. Because hmm? uh, I did the. I did a whole. Uh, let's see. It was he did four, his entire tour there in an extra year. <laughs> yes. I actually had to do another term <laughs> another year. That's what they did. If you learn learn too much actual science, you have to go back and unlearn it. That's yeah. They beat it out of you. <laughs> but uh, I was listening to like Pryor and Robin Williams and mm. a lot of those guys, and my mom was not into that at all. So I had a really cool bed railing. You know, underneath my bed and I would stack them all up under there and mm -hmm. and had a little recorder that I would put under my pillow at night and listen to and you know hopefully it would shut off before the morning because otherwise it would run out of batteries and my mom why are you going through so many batteries up there <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> not what you think mom <laughs> well, if you told her that if you told her it was a vibrator that yeah. would have just ended the conversation yeah, immediately I but I, really, yeah, I wanted to make sure she knew I was going on a date with a lady a girl mm -hmm. yeah no I'm really dating chicks <laughs> so now, Alicia, where are you going to be? Uh, where are you going to be at coming up here? Oh, I'm getting ready to be done for a little while, which is pretty exciting because it's yes. been about four months of nutsness. But um, all right, I got to work on my vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, cra craziness, maybe that's a better yes. one. Yes. Um, uh, okay, so I'm doing Bridgetown this week. I just got put on the lineup for Bridgetown on Thursday, which is the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and uh, a really awesome little grassroots festival. It's great. So, so where do they where do they do that in Portland? It's it's like on Hawthorne Street, like a bunch oh. of different theaters along Hawthorne Street. Yeah, make sure you stop in at Powell's Books and uh, hope you find your way out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like Powell's Books. It's pretty cool. Oh, I, I love Powell's it's Books. Huge. But you go in there, any bookstore you go in, and they hand you a map. <laughs> That's trouble. Get some crumbs. <laughs> yeah, a bag of birdseed, <laughs> different colored. You know, I'll have the black one this time because last year the red one, it got shuffled around. I didn't know my way out. But, uh, okay, and then, uh, Jeremy, you got any stuff coming up? Oh, uh, yeah, Wednesday, Rat and Raven up in the U District, and then Thursday at the Allen Thistle down in Pioneer Square. Oh, oh yeah. very good. Nice. Both of them free, so if your uh, listeners would like to come and actually pay attention, that doesn't always happen in a free show, that would be wonderful. <laughs> you do, you do in the free shows get a lot of people that are like making out and like screaming and <laughs> one time up. what's that guy talking about <laughs> one time we were both at pegasus and there was a group of people talking the whole time i think cr was up you and me were in the back watching and he finally goes hey why are you guys talking and they go well her brother died of cancer we're planning a funeral <laughs> so in the comedy show yeah, yeah at the comedy show great so you never know what Could heckler's you take that outside, what you're dealing with <laughs> just light it up a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um, we want to thank you guys for coming in. It's been awesome. You guys uh, really knocked it out last night. Anybody who d who didn't go, 
you guys really missed it. And the next time Alicia's in town, you got to go. And I highly recommend Jeremy Whitman as well. So these two dates you have coming up. And do you have a website, Jeremy? Oh, uh, yeah, Whitmansmind.com. I just got it up. Whitmansmind.com. Yeah. And Alicia, yours is AliciaWood.com. Yeah, A-L-Y-S-I-A. <laughs> Ask my mom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and how do you say that first name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because the last time we had you on, your website actually wasn't up. So we sent everybody to your Facebook. But it's up now. Well, yeah, so. Facebook's perfectly fine, too, because it's Facebook.com backslash Woodstalkers. So it's easier to spell and easier <laughs> oh, to Oh, yeah, that's what I know? wanted. I, I, before we leave, I got to ask you, but that is such a great name, and I'm proud to be one of them now, uh, the official Woodstalker that I am. Woodstalkers, how did that whole thing get going? Uh, because my uh, uh, stalkers resent being called fans. Right. They were like, anything is better than fan, you know, which social networking has really made it to where, like, you can't have a fan club. You know what I mean? You have to have a group. And so um, so they basically told me they would rather be called stalkers, and I was like, fine, wood stalkers. And then I was like, oh, ha ah, wood stalkers. You know, so, yeah, that's how that happened. I, <laughs> no, it's good. I gotta tell you, too, on your MySpace page, I love the list of uh, the uh, mix-ups on your names that you listed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah. they have a uh, they have a section for it's it was made for bands myspace was never made for comics even though they made a comedy section they never really geared it towards comics so it would say like members you know what members are in your are your in your comedy and it was like me, me. and then i realized you know like actually this is an opportunity for people to find me if they're spelling my name wrong you know so i put all the names like alicia cooper um which is one of them and alicia cooper is another funny like female stand-up comic mm -hmm. and uh it's really funny because i'm white she's black and i'll show up to a gig and they'll be like, I thought you were black, you know, like, like, oh, you, you were trying to get coop is what happened, you know, like, and she's had that happen too. I thought you were white, you know, like, and you can always tell when it happens because people are like, I, um, don't take this the wrong way, but, uh, you know, so yeah. That's great. So now after your, uh, your gig in Portland, you're taking a break for a while? Yeah, I'm going to re recoup, I think, a little mm -hmm. bit. And then I'll, I'll you know, probably have a fall and a spring tour again like usual. But, yeah, so for you're going to head bit. back to L.A. and mm -hmm. chill out and Do all nothing. that. Uh, any rough idea if it all comes together on the CD? Uh, you know, it would be probably um, at the fastest it would be filmed during the summer. And then, uh, it, you know, probably would still be like another year before it comes out. So it's going to be a while. Okay. You know, yeah. But All right. Believe me, you guys will know. Good. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody again. We talked about this a little bit last week. The Crossing the Bridge of Honor, which happens Saturday, April 24th. Uh, everybody's gathering at the War Memorial Park, which is across from the Narrows Bridge, or it's right by the Narrows Bridge. And everybody's going to walk across the bridge and back. And this is to uh, honor the sacrifice and service of you know, our men and women in the military, and it's to build character and community. It's a good cause. It's free, and I'll show up, yeah, bring a flag or whatever, and, uh, you know, I mean, like I said last week, these guys and gals walk across, you know, minefields, and they walk uh, right through uh, hail of gunfire and all kind of crap. We can walk across the Narrows Bridge and brave some wind. Yeah, and specifically, bring the right flag. The only <laughs> <laughs> and watch out for that giant octopus that lives under the Narrows Bridge. I don't know if you've seen that on Facebook, but he's got a lot of fans and he must be real. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So, all right. Well, uh, Jeremy Whitman, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you guys. Alicia, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. I know. I'm so glad I'm finally here. Yes. We're so happy to have you in the man cave and I hope we can have you back and I look forward to uh, your CD coming out and your next tour and you coming back up here and maybe going to see you in Vegas and all the crazy stuff that we can do. Yeah, yeah. We can all be friends and hang out and, and drink vodka. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, everybody, happy 420. And this has been the Northwest Convergence Zone Show. I'm Big D. This is Big Joe. This has been Double D. And we are the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. Don't See, we got that right. This time. Joe but next week it'll be wrong. I'm sure. And took, and took it to the post. I'll see it over <laughs> to me. <laughs> Don't bogart that joint. My friend, pass it over to me. Roll another one. Just like the other one. You've been hanging on to it. And I sure would like a hit.
Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.